The people always get it. We always do. They have tried. Oh, boy. With the indictments, the investigations, the impeachments. And still, he is on fire. Actually, all the adversity has made Donald Trump stronger. We can all see it. Our allies can see it. Our adversaries can see it. He's strong. Joe Biden is weak. And their president, he projected strength, Donald Trump. Joe Biden is projecting weakness, and we can all see it night and day, and it's putting us at serious risk. These men on the presidential stage, who's strong and who's weak? What is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. What's the message to Iran? Don't. By removing Soleimani, we have sent a powerful message to terrorists. If you value your own life, you will not threaten the lives of our people. To anyone who might seek to take advantage of the conflict in Gaza to threaten our personnel uh, here or anywhere else in the region, don't do it. It was China's fault. And China is going to pay a big price what they've done to this country. China is going to pay a big price what they've done to the world. This was China's fault. And just remember that. It's amazing that the don't word is not working, right? Don't, don't, don't do it. I have received more stern warnings from uh, a substitute teacher who I never listened to in the fourth grade. Uh, don't is not cutting it. We lost in Afghanistan because we have a weak leader, right? Everybody can see it. This reset the world. Ukraine, we invited Putin basically to invade Ukraine. 62% of Americans believe Ukraine would not have been invaded by Putin if President Trump were still in office. And Hamas, most common sense observers of the world believe that this would not have happened with President Trump in the White House. So the weakness, where is it coming from? Well, obviously, Joe Biden is weak, but also this. You know, our, our adversaries pick up on it when the leader of a country talks bad and down about that country. And we won't ignore what our intelligence agencies have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. And white supremacists will not have the last word. And this venom and violence cannot be the story of our time. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. According to the United States intelligence community, domestic terrorism from white supremacists is the most lethal terrorist threat in the homeland. White supremacy is a poison. It's a poison <laughs> running through, it really is. Two white supremacists arrested in America in 2019. Two. And anybody who's thinking about doing something bad, whatever their orientation or ideology is, if they actually committed an illegal act, they should be arrested. But when Joe Biden talks so inaccurately about America, guess what? Some poor, ignorant, sick souls are going to fall prey to it. Like Audrey Hale. This is Audrey Hale. 
I think this might have been back during the Trump administration a few years ago. And then this toxic stew. I'm not just blaming Joe Biden, but this horrible view of America. Uh, she went on a journey, transgender journey, and then turned out to be a school shooter. And we found the manifesto. Now, she opened fire on those beautiful children in Nashville. You remember this back in March. We're getting a glimpse at her manifesto. You may have heard what we've seen so far. She was motivated by a hatred of white people. Calls them little crackers. I'm going after you, you and your white privilege. I wonder where she might have gotten a crazy idea like that. Hmm? Just wondering. Joe Biden, mainstream media, everywhere you look. Uh, but uh, her hang-up wasn't just uh, white people. She had a few other issues, and... Joe Biden provided her all the recognition one could want. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you. Jill, Kamala, Doug, our entire administration sees you for who you are. And know this, you're so brave, you belong, and we have your back. This is so wildly outside a president's job description to be talking about kids and transgender issues. Look it up. This stuff is not in the Constitution. We don't need a president for this kind of stuff. He really should just stay out of it. But again, with the bad-mouthing of America, these lost souls, this message, I think it fired it up, fired them up, maybe even radicalized them. What happens when Joe lies like this? You've heard me say it before, and I apologize for having to repeat it. When a person can be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, something is still fundamentally wrong in this country. And that still exists. Well, it's actually not true, but it can rile up people who are mentally ill, and it can send a signal to our adversaries that all is not right in America. Putin, President Xi, Kim Jong-un, you think they run around bad-mouthing their countries? No. How about our allies, the good guys, right? The leader of France, the leader of the UK, Japan, India. They don't do it. Only America, only a sitting, Joe Biden, sitting American president, talking down about America, and I think there's a trickle-down effect. Audrey Hale, right? Just uh, sitting there wallowing on the internet, and finding the motivation somehow to pick up that gun, finding the justification. Now, the manifesto that you may have heard of alludes to a hatred of white people. Yeah, she is white. We do believe that later pages, which we have not seen yet, uh, will outline a transgender component to the violence. Uh, and I got that from the chief of police in Nashville. Did she identify as she does uh, identify as transgender, yes. Is there any reason to believe that how she identifies is has any motive for targeting the school? Uh, we can give you that at a later time. There is uh, some theory to that. We're investigating all the leads, and once we know exactly, we'll let you know. Well, uh, they don't want us to know it now. I wonder why, because everything transgender is sacred, even a transgender school shooter? You know, once this thing came out, the uh, remnants of the uh, uh, manifesto, the New York Times would not actually say what they found. 
they would not talk about the anti-white racism that was present in this horrible shooter's mind. Why? Well, it did not meet the narrative. You hear the word narrative, right? It's a favorite word of the fake news. Narrative, right? Narrative. They used to not talk about narratives not that long ago. A way of presenting or understanding a situation or series of events that reflects and promotes a particular point of view or set of values. So you can't just report stuff that happened or facts. You have to present it in story form, like the Hardy Boys. Remember the Hardy Boys, those two teenagers? They could solve any case that adults screwed up, and they never failed, right? That's a story. And you have heroes, and you have bad guys. That's a narrative. And the narrative for the media is Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. That's the narrative, right? Anything he does is seen through that prism. Also, everything about transgenderism is glorious and beautiful, and we are to embrace it. So when we find out about a crazy mass shooter who happens to be trans, that will be ignored because it does not fit the narrative. However, if you really look at the narrative, if you really look at what's happening, right, kids around these kinds of people in school, we are playing with fire. We are rearranging the brain chemistry of children. And there's plenty of data and study to say that this is going to lead to more dark, dark places. Charles Manson, remember him? Remember hearing of him, right? Helter Skelter and all that stuff. Did you know his uncle forced him to wear dresses to school? He had a bit of trauma in his uh, lifetime. How about Ted Kaczynski? Also had issues with gender. Um, actually applied for a sex change when he was in graduate school. You don't hear about that too much, but that is true. You don't hear about it because it undermines the whole idea that anything about transgender might be negative, might be associated with mental illness. You know, over the summer, there was a, um, a shooting in Philadelphia. This is the person um, who was brought into custody. Several people were killed. This individual would appear to most individuals to be a transgender. Well, let's go through the facts, please. How many victims? Five killed, two injured. The suspect, Kim Brady Carricker. And in about 10 minutes of looking around the Internet, you could tell that this individual had issues of sexual identity. Let's put it like that, okay? Issues of sexual identity. Couldn't quite figure it out. So the media wouldn't touch it. They just played it like, um, wow, this person had a gun, and that's it. So, George Sleese, what have we learned from this morning's arraignment, if anything, about the suspect? We knew very little about him, except that he was armed and, and wearing battle gear. Uh, actually, I went to the guy's Facebook page. I saw his community groups. I saw the friends. I saw the people he didn't like. I saw the people he liked. I saw it all, but they pretended that they couldn't. And you're right. We didn't know a whole lot about this suspect other than what police had said, that this individual was wearing a ski mask with a tactical vest, had an AR-style rifle, a handgun, and seemingly targeted people at random in this southwest Philadelphia neighborhood, killing five. That now part of the charges this suspect faces. Eleven total offenses with multiple counts in each, everything ranging from those murder charges to aggravated assault. You see? You weapons. see? Just, uh, it's like he's reading from the court docket. I think it's kind of relevant, actually, that the person might have been transgender because that is an indication that the person might have had mental illness. A lot of people with gender dysphoria, well, gender dysphoria is considered 
a mental illness, but that goes against the narrative that anything trans must be beautiful and good. And we see you, we feel you, we hear you, and the president has your back. Stay the heck out of it, Joe. The people totally get it. The people get it. Those nut jobs don't. Elite media, institutions, corporate America, they don't. And it's kind of fun to watch. Sad, too, and dangerous, but at times you can kind of laugh. Folks, coming up, James Comer is on the verge of bringing Hunter Biden and his uh, uncle Jim to uh, Congress. Subpoenas are flying. These guys can expect one very, very soon. All right, also this, we have some races to call. You know, it's election night. And uh, in Mississippi, the attorney, the incumbent attorney general won rather easily. All right, congratulations to Ms. Fitch. Uh, let's see, Rhode Island House. Rhode Island House, uh, Mr. Amo, Democrat, beat Mr. Leonard, the Republican, rather decisively. I think that's the state house, or no, I'm sorry, the U.S. House. Okay, and what is going on here? The uh, Ohio Abortion Initiative, it's approved overwhelmingly, it looks like, established in the Constitution of the state of Ohio. An individual has a right to one's own reproductive medical treatment. Okay, this is a this is a victory, it looks like, for the pro-abortion forces. Much more when we come back. Do you recognize these people? It's a good chance you don't. They try to keep a low profile, but that is uh, James Biden, the brother of Joe, along with his wife, Sarah. Now, thanks to the House Oversight Committee, we know that they wrote pretty big checks uh, to the brother or brother-in-law Joe Biden, the president of the United States. James Biden wrote a check for 200,000 grand. Uh, the sister-in-law wrote a check for $40,000. Uh, this was back when Joe was an ex-vice president of the United States, but it is very fishy. It goes against almost every single denial they've ever issued or, you know, talking about how, oh, we never did business or talk business. Now, this is smoking gun stuff, in my opinion. Look at what the fake news did. They ignored it. They ignored every, and none of the big shows talked about this, the Sunday shows. Uh, not the $200,000 check, not the $40,000 check. Somehow, I don't think it makes it less significant. We're joined by Congressman James Comer, the chair of the House Oversight Committee. Welcome back, Congressman Comer. Uh, it frustrates me, but I, don't, I, I guess it doesn't matter. What do you make of that, that they don't cover it? Well, I honestly think it's a good sign. You know, uh, I'll give you another example. When I walked down the hall to go vote in the Capitol for for eight months, the media, they hang out on each side and they've stopped me. How's your investigation? You know, uh, you know, implying that there's no evidence, no evidence. All their stories they wrote out, no evidence. Even when we were accumulating mountains of evidence. Now, when I walk to the Capitol, ever since we found those two checks to Joe Biden for a quarter million dollars, the reporters look down at their feet. They act like they're on their phone. They, they, they just turn their back to me. I think that's a good sign. The media knows this is another example of them totally screwing up a big story, whether it was the, the Steele dossier and the Russian hoax, whether it was Dr. Fauci and the mask, uh, whether it's the Biden family influence peddling. I mean, the media has been wrong so many times. And the fact that they're not covering it. Remember, before, when we would produce something, they would attack me and try to discredit me. Now they're not covering it. That shows we're going in the right direction. And I think what you're going to see is more and more media outlets start 
calling for Joe Biden to not run again. Wow. You know, um, they're so invested in this stuff com not coming out because, as you said, they've been ignoring genuine stories yeah. about this guy for a long time. Hey, I got to give you a heads up, though. Fox News, there are some great people over there. But their signature public affairs show on Sunday morning did not mention the check, either the $200,000 or the uh, $40,000 check more recently. So they seem to have their own, uh, I don't know, internal fiefdoms over there, uh, kind of uh, 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 difficult figuring out that place. Look, what's coming down the pike? You got anything for us right now? Yeah, we've, uh, we're at the point, I've been saying this, the subpoenas are imminent. Uh, we have enough bank records now. We can bring all the Biden family members in and ask them specific questions about specific transactions. We've talked to enough people. Uh, we now know where the money was coming from, and we know the scheme. We know how they were laundering it all the way down to 10 different Biden family members. We know all this. We have the evidence. Uh, so we can start bringing them in and asking them questions like, what was this income for? What did you do to get this $1 million? Uh, what 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 exactly is this company? You have 20 companies. What exactly do they do? The questions that, uh, honestly, the government should have been asking, whether it was the IRS, the FBI, the Department of Justice, or whomever, finally, the House Oversight Committee is, is in a position to ask those questions. So as I've said for the last few days, the subpoenas are imminent, and I think that the, the Bidens have a lot of questions that they're going to have to answer, that they're going to have a hard time answering. Uh, subpoenas are imminent, but uh, tell me exactly who is going to get them again. I'm sorry if I missed that. Well, there, there are several Biden family members. I mean, obviously, Hunter and, and Jim uh, will be served a, a subpoena. They're the two leading recipients of the millions and millions of dollars from foreign nationals around the globe. And then uh, other Biden family members that have received uh, wires. We're going to we're going to bring them in and, and see if they can explain uh, how they ended up with getting fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar deposits into their account from Romanian foreign nationals, for example. Hey, how about Valerie, the sister? We don't hear they all keep a very low profile. Valerie Biden, and I guess this is legal, mm -hmm. but in my opinion it stinks. Uh, she ran all of Joe Biden's campaigns since 1972 all the way up through 2008. Now she seems to be some sort of uh, art merchant, a kind of a middle person for Hunter and his artwork. Uh, mm -hmm. She presides over that Delaware, the University of Delaware Biden Center, which uh, got a lot of Chinese money, right? Anyway, is she yes. figuring into any of this? She does. And uh, you mentioned a, a key word, the artwork. Uh, I suspect that this, that this influence peddling has still been taking place. And I believe it's been taking place through the sale of artwork. So uh, we're going to be uh, highlighting uh, some some of our investigative steps that we've taken that pertain to the art world and Hunter's newfound fame as an international artist. And I think that uh, that, too, is going to be hard for the Biden family to explain. Uh, real quick, the, the polls that came out over the weekend, uh, Axelrod coming out against um, uh, Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. You think I think you have something to do with that. That's what we're saying. That's what we Absolutely. said, right? There's there's they're listening. They're hearing. They know, even though they're not acknowledging yeah. you're having a real impact on Democrats. How hard is it to explain alone? You know, if you, in fact, made a two hundred and forty thousand dollar loan to your brother, you should be able to prove that in, in yeah. 40 seconds, whether they can prove it or not. 
it's still a fact that we've proven that the money that was paid to Joe Biden came from influence peddling. So Joe Biden profited $240,000 off of his family's influence peddling scheme. There's no denying that. And that's just the beginning. Now we can bring these uh, Biden family members and associates in and ask them specific questions because we've built up the case and we have the evidence. Well, I don't think he's going to be the nominee. And I think uh, something big is going to happen way before then. We'll see, though. Congressman Comer, thank you very much. Great work. Stay in touch. And we'll be right back. Thank you, sir. He loves the Constitution. He fights for what's right. He hates the bad guys. He's a freedom warrior. He's your freedom warrior. Watch Carl Higby every weekday on Newsmax. Welcome back. And GMA Out Loud celebrating Pride all month long. And this morning, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, Season 8 frontrunner, that would be Miss Candy Muse, is making a pit stop here at GMA to tell us all about the sickening new season. Sickening is right. Wow, what is going on? This is uh, GMA, owned by Disney. Disney! Magic Kingdom Disney, Mickey Mouse Disney. They have lost their minds, right? Not really. They've just kind of gone, well, they've overreacted, right? They're chasing what they think might be public demand. They don't have a clue. Total overreaction. A lot of things happen kind of all at once. George Floyd was part of it. Look at this statement they put on Instagram. We stand against racism. As if anybody does stand with racism. What are they? We stand for inclusion. We stand with our, our fellow black and you know, just over the top, over the top, over the top. It's fascinating though, Disney. Disney did this. And they did it in 2019, 20, 2020. You know what they well, they're also famous for The Bachelor. Who watches The Bachelor, right? It debuted all the way back in 2002. And uh, 25 seasons, you know, they can cram more than one season in a year. 25 seasons, 24 of them, they never had one contestant who was black. 2002 it debuts, and they didn't have their first black bachelor until 2019. What's his name, Matt James? Yeah, great guy, Matt James. He was all the way at the end. What is that all about? It's a little bit strange. You see, I think most regular people, most regular Americans would not have to wait for a George Floyd to think, you know what, um, this guy's a nice guy. Why don't we put him in The Bachelor? 25 white men, they're elites. You see, working class people, us, we know blue collar jobs. And when you work a blue collar job, you might <laughs> work with somebody, what do they like to say, who doesn't look like you. If you join the military, you see, you don't, we're just a bit more comfortable with race than people at the highest echelons of the media or corporate America. If you played football, you probably played with people who did not look like you, whether you're black, white, or whatever. But this crazy woke, totally over the top, right? What was that person's, uh, who knows? This is an overreaction. It is desperate. And if you play this game, Whoever you are, you're going to lose. Remember Chris Harrison? He was the host of The Bachelor. And I, I can't even remember what he did wrong. He said, like, he didn't hate Gone with the Wind. And he had to apologize. He had to go on a, a tour, you know, blaming himself and white privilege and all that stuff. And they still kicked him off the show. And Michael Strahan wouldn't even accept his apology. 
it's, uh, you know, when you go woke, you really do lose. Uh, and you really go a little bit mental. All right. It's election night, everybody. And uh, Jennifer is standing by. Jen Pellegrino with more. Greg Hi, Kelly. Jen. Hey, you should be at this desk with us tonight. We missed you, but I guess you have a show to do. Uh, we have a lot of updates for all of y'all here at home. Uh, let's start with Kentucky. Incumbent Democrat Andy Bashir officially won a second term as the governor of Kentucky. Republican Secretary of State Michael Adams, he secured his second term. And Republican Russell Coleman will be Kentucky's next attorney general. Now over in Mississippi, the polls have closed in the race for governor. This is between Republican incumbent Tate Reeves and Democrat Brandon Presley. And in Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia polls have closed with 140 seats of state legislature up for grabs. And lastly, of course, Ohio. Ohio voters there have approved the constitutional amendment guaranteeing the right to abortion. With me, our power panel, we have former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum, former White House senior strategic advisor Mercedes Schlapp, and senior political analyst and host of Saturday Agenda, Rob Astorino panel. It's great to have you here tonight. A lot of races to break down key issues that may tell us what we can expect in 2024. Uh, Mercy, let's start with you. Let's talk about Kentucky. Uh, Andy Bashir, uh, a deep red state that went for Trump by 20 something points in 2020. Uh, are you surprised by the outcome tonight? Uh, I think I'm more disappointed than surprised because I think Daniel Cameron would have been the first uh, black Republican governor in Kentucky very charismatic figure. Bashir, Bashir, however, he is very uh, he's very popular in the state, actually. Even among Trump voters. Even among Trump voters. And the other piece of this to remember, though, what I think a lot of people are looking at is how did the attorney general win? The Republican beat the Democrat. You have a secretary of state Republican, yet the governor didn't pull it, pull it off at the end. So I think that was a big disappointment for Republicans. Rob, let me go over to you here. I was looking on, on Twitter today and, and Donald Trump Jr. tweeted something. He said, before you go vote today, you know, go fill your gas tank, uh, pay your bills, <laughs> go to the grocery store. Um, how much of what we're looking at in 2024, the direction of the country that we're seeing right now that people are dissatisfied with, how much is that impacting the races we're watching tonight? Well, Kentucky, I think you would expect the Republican to have a better shot. And he, he lost by about six points. And the others on the top of the ticket, uh, they swept the entire state. Unfortunately, um, Cameron did not. He, there was a lot of blue within Kentucky against him. Mississippi, he's going to win, Tate, but he's running about 10 points behind the other top of uh, the tickets. So, I mean, I think it, abortion obviously was the issue in Ohio. So it wasn't anything about the economy. It was about abortion and pot. And they came out strong. Senator, I got 30 seconds. Abortion, uh, this obviously not a winning issue right now for Republicans. What can they do looking to 2020? <clears throat> well, first, uh, just a report on Virginia. It doesn't look particularly promising in Virginia right now. There's still a, there's still a chance, a path for the Republicans to take the majority in the Senate. But it's, a, it's getting very, very narrow. And again, abortion was the issue the Democrats ran on in spite of all the other problems uh, that the Biden administration and the Democrats have. That issue seems to carry weight, certainly in a blue state like Virginia. Oh, that's right. All right. Greg Kelly, going to send it back to you. We'll be back with you all uh, a little bit later in the hour. All right, Jen. Thank you. Thank you to the panel. Uh, and good luck to Daniel Cameron. I predict he'll be in Trump's cabinet. Stay tuned. Mike Johnson, the new speaker, was, well, he said he has a biblical worldview. Is that supposed to be controversial? Of course not. Uh, it sent the swamp in the media uh, on fire. Uh, we're going to talk about just how hypocritical that is when we come back. Information. Truth. 
is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview. That's what I believe. And so that's I make your no personal problem. worldview. My personal worldview. Isn't that nice? Isn't that great? Isn't that, wow, how about that? A public official plug in the Bible. I thought it was terrific. I think this guy is a breath of fresh air. Mike Johnson, Republican of Louisiana. And yeah, so that statement, it made a lot of people uncomfortable. That's how I know he's onto something. Let's see, let's go through the headlines here. Yeah, MAGA Mike Johnson and our broken Christian politics. There's some Christian guy who actually said that's a problem, that he talked about the Bible. Uh, all kinds of people nitpicking that statement. What is the problem? Can you imagine a country where this is a problem? Uh, note to everybody in the swamp, Barack Obama, your hero. Notice anything? He's taking the oath of office and he has his hand somewhere, right? Uh, so does Bill Clinton. He has his right hand up and his left hand is on a book of some kind. Uh, George W. Bush, same situation. And even Kamala Harris. All right, so what is that? It is a Bible. And every American leader in the history of America has their hand in a bi on a Bible. Yet somehow to say it out loud, what a lost country we are. We will be found. I think we can get out of this. But, wow, good for Mike Johnson. And uh, that is the best book out there. Can we check in now with Alana Austin? She's in Columbus, Ohio, reporting on the results. Uh, abortion was on the ballot tonight. Uh, Alana, hello. Hi, good evening, Greg. And we are at the Protect Women Ohio event here in the Columbus area. And a spokesperson came out a short time ago and said they would not be weighing in just yet. But there are proje projections from AP and NBC indicating that they believe that this issue one has moved forward and it would enshrine access to abortion in the state of Ohio. Now, exit polling indicated that a majority of folks who showed up to vote today, they were either dissatisfied or unhappy with the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe versus Wade last year. When we heard from Ad Impact reporting, pro-choice groups vastly outspent by the pro-life side on this ballot initiative. Millions of dollars came in from special interest groups like the ACLU, Planned Parenthood, and Michael Bloomberg. Opponents said they wanted to see um, they're concerned that there could be late-term abortion and children accessing abortion procedures without their parents even knowing about it. Mehek Cook, a legal expert and spokesperson for Protect Women Ohio, tells me she thinks issue one is so dangerous for Ohioans. In the state of Ohio today, it's 22 weeks with exception. So this is very broad. It's very extreme. We've worked very hard. And I am grateful to Governor Mike DeWine, who has come out strong and said, issue one is too radical. Pro-life, pro-choice, somewhere in between. This should not pass for Ohio. This is not common sense. Also on the ballot in Ohio, state legalization of recreational marijuana results are still coming in there, but that one could also pass tonight if things continue trending in, in that direction. Supporters said that they hoped that it would mean folks with various medical conditions had easier access to marijuana and alleviating their pain. Opponents tell me they're concerned this could be bad for workplaces, for employers, and also for folks that 
are worried about what the safety on the roads could be and children potentially accessing marijuana as well if their parents have easier access to using that drug. Greg. Uh, Alana Austin, and actually I got a computer right here, Alana, and it looks like the, uh, the marijuana thing passed and so did the abortion, uh, enshrining abortion rights. Yikes, the marijuana thing, we have just unthinkingly as a country embraced that. Wow, all right, uh, more on that as the night uh, goes forward. Hey, Tommy Tuberville, he's awesome. <laughs> and the entire swamp is out to get him. You know what he's done to the Pentagon, right? And he has every right to. He's saying, you guys don't uh, determine law here. The people do. Details when we come back. Hey, guys, it's Carson. Imagine this. It's the dead of night. You're lying in bed. Suddenly, you hear something go bump. What is your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution, the new MC-14 tip-up pistol from EAA Corp. And Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength, disabilities, or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this, the MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodnight to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back down, and you're ready to fire. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boosting a 13 plus one round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience. Available with all EAA Corp distributors, starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit EAACorp.com today. That's EAACorp.com. Go Tommy! Tommy Tuberville, Republican of Alabama, the United States Senator, former football coach. He was really great at that. You know what he's saying? America is run by civilians, not by the military. And the military is playing a cute game. And he's saying, no, you got to go through us, the people. And I love this guy for doing that. You know, Tommy Tuberville actually never served in the military. And that's a good thing in this scenario. Too many people in uniform have tried to intimidate those who did not serve, saying like, well, you don't know what you're doing. You never served, so you got to do it our way. Tommy is saying, no way. The Pentagon is playing a great big game with uh, Roe v. Wade and abortion. You know, ever since the Dobbs decision, uh, the Pentagon came up with this basically illegal policy as an end around, right? They're granting all kinds of leave for soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines to go get abortions, right? They're paying them travel allowances to go get abortions. It is crazy. The people, the people have a say in that kind of a decision. And Tommy is saying, you know what, Pentagon? If you're gonna play that game, well, we could play a game here too. We're not gonna promote your officers the way you usually like us to promote them. You just send up a whole big batch, 100 or so names, 500 names, 1,000 names, and we just say yay or nay on the whole group. No, let's do it one at a time. That's gotten their attention, and it's gotten the swamp's attention, too. They hate him for it. Again, Tommy Tuberville, you hang in there. You've got all the right enemies on this one. The most interesting part about this is, first of all, he picked the military 
which is just amazing to me, that a Republican from Alabama, I mean, this guy has to be one of the dumbest people that have ever walked the earth in terms of political decisions. Of all places to choose, he has all these executive agencies. He chose the military, where he's going to have the least support among his party for doing what he's doing. Claire McCaskill, this is the kind of enemy you want. And you know what? I don't care if he's the only Republican doing it. The Republicans, Americans in general, have to learn a lesson. The military reports to the people, not the other way around. They're trying to facilitate abortions. The military is, and they shouldn't be. That's up to the people. I noticed uh, the host of that show on MSNBC, Nicole Wallace, right, in the red, is just eating it up. Oh, yeah, tell me more, Claire. Tell us more. Abortion, oh, gosh, it's such an important right. We must have more abortion. Well, this person worked in the Bush White House and was known, if you take a good look, <laughs> to suck up to W, to suck up to men in power. But it was all about that, power. It wasn't about principle. I don't think it was even for W. It was about fame and power, even for W. Now, uh, Nicole Wallace doesn't care about the issue. They don't care. That's the whole thing. Remember, Tommy, don't be intimidated. And I know I don't need to tell this to Tommy Tuberville. Take a look at those uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. These guys have let us down big time. Afghanistan, Iraq, they did not give the American people the straight scoop about what was going on in those wars. And how infected is our military today by these generals like... Well, General Milley, this, uh, <laughs> it's going to take years to fix this. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. You know what we need? We can't really do it, but a training timeout, okay? We've got to tell everybody in the military to forget all of this stuff. And a new beginning, something. But it just didn't start with Milley. You know, Generals, senior officers have been playing a game that we're actually in charge of this country, not these elected leaders who come and go. You know, they did it to Trump, obviously, but they even do it to presidents that the media likes, like Obama. Yeah, they tried to own Obama, and they kind of did. Take a look at this. The meetings. Obama felt disrespected and trapped. And... At different times, he felt that the military was maneuvering around him. Did they think they could take a young president? Some of them might have, have thought that. So you're the president who's supposed to be the decider, who's supposed to have choice, and you've got these blocks of granite out there saying, oh, no, you really don't have a choice. This is the way to do it. And he was not. Happy. The establishment wanted 40,000 troops, an open-ended commitment. He wanted a plan for a U.S. exit. In the end, he gave 30,000, but still the military kept pushing. It's just, uh, look, they do it to presidents we don't like, and they do it to presidents we like. They have to get the message. You know, they, Milley talked about the Constitution a lot, bragged about it, right, how he was defending the Constitution. I don't think he actually understood it, but... Anyway, Tommy Tuberville, I do believe he's doing the right thing. The pressure is enormous right now. Even some Republican senators are coming out and saying, we have to do this for readiness. No, they don't know what they're talking about, quite frankly. And those Republican senators, most of them have some military experience. And it's not just the issue that they're talking about. They're actually showing off. They're like, I've got military experience, and our party member, Tommy, is wrong. You're not, Tommy. 
And oh, by the way, I have military experience, not to go, Tommy, and good luck. We need you on this one. And folks, we need you to get Newsmax Plus. Have you heard about it? A free trial, okay? Here's what you do, and I want to make sure I get all the uh, facts. I got a little email here in my phone. Uh, we have 100,000 people who have already signed up. That's excellent. Newsmax Plus, it's basically a, it's a streaming service. Now, the trial is free. Once you're signed in, go to the Newsmax app on your uh, TV or smartphone and start watching. And Newsmax Plus works like Netflix uh, or other streaming services. You can watch this show, all of our other great shows, and all of our great analysts. The 2024 presidential campaign is probably going to be wild, and nobody covers it like we do. So a Newsmax Plus subscription gives you everything, everything. you got Newsmax 2, you've got Newsmax this one, the main one, and you have our archives, you've got new documentaries, you've got interviews, you've got uh, great original content, even movies, NewsmaxPlus.com. Please check it out. It really is a bargain, and uh, I've signed up, my family has signed up, and um, I suggest you do too, okay? It'll be great, and I'll be right back. Well, good night, everybody. I'm sending things over to Jen Pellegrino for the rest of the evening. Hi, Jen. Hey, Greg. Thank you so much. Let's go over.